Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 123, Bad Managers. It's June 6, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, etc. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is very difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way. My music is by Howie Moscovich. Bad managers. Oh, yes. Well, this is not my favorite subject by any stretch. At the same time, we have plenty of people who have the unfortunate circumstance of working for a bad manager, in which case this podcast might be helpful to you. We have also supervisors and upper level management who are aware that they have a bad manager working for them. And this podcast could be extremely valuable or at at the very least give you some insights about how you might go about dealing with a bad manager. So let's get going. If you are new to my content, I hope you will visit my website to enter my current giveaway at www.lisaalundy.com. I will be putting up soon the fact that it's going to be a rolling giveaway so that people do not have to keep registering, re-registering every time I start and end a new giveaway. So I'm, I'm learning as, I going, as I'm going. Here is my disclaimer. This podcast is not designed or intended in any way to be medical or therapy advice. It is not that. This is my disclaimer. I am not a therapist or medical professional. You should get your medical or therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider. If you are listening to this podcast right now and you are feeling either suicidal or hopeless or life has simply gotten to the point where you feel it is too hard for you, I am asking you to stop and make a phone call. I am asking you to call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. There is help available for you, and what you are going through is actually not that unusual. Unfortunately, we don't talk about this feeling suicidal or feeling that you've lost all hope or life is too hard. We're not really talking about that, and I think if we did, you'd feel very supported. So I hope you will make that call if this applies to you. My next note is for the deaf and hard of hearing community. I have podcast transcripts on my hosting platform, rss.com, for all of my previous podcasts. Within one to three or so hours after a new podcast is published and live, a new corresponding transcript will be generated. I am working on improving my speaking, my flow of speaking, my pronunciation, so that you have a better transcript for your use. And in the future, coming, 
the podcast transcripts will ultimately also be on my website. I appreciate your patience. Okay, let's get going. Bad managers. Oh, boy. First of all, this is a very sad topic. It's sad because, first of all, it's so common. And secondly, it's it's a very, very painful situation for the people who work for a bad manager. And it can be also very painful for someone's, uh, the upline of a bad manager or the, um, executive who has a bad manager report. So according to the Society for Human Resource Management, which is a very uh, large, notable organization, uh, SHRM is the acronym, they did a survey that indicates 84% of U.S. workers say that poorly trained managers create a lot of stress and unnecessary work in the workplace. 57% of American workers say managers at their place of employment could benefit from how to be a better people manager. And according to Gallup, I know I haven't made friends with Gallup yet, but they're on my list someday. Here's a quote from Gallup. When companies increase their number of talented managers and double the rate of engaged employees, they achieve, on average, 147% higher earnings per share than their competition, end quote. So that should get your attention if you happen to be the supervisor or uh, upline to a bad manager. 147% higher earnings per share than your competition. I would, I would hope that would get your attention. So some bad managers engage in what's known as institutional betrayal trauma. And institutional betrayal trauma is where a bad manager betrays the trust of their employees or engages in some other problematic behaviors that can constitute a trauma. And so that is very important. Now, because I have two articles on my Newsweek Expert forum profile page. I'm I'm not repeating what I've written about in those two articles, but those two articles could be helpful for you. And if you can't find my profile page on the Newsweek Expert Forum search with my name, you can go to my website and click on the Newsweek logo on the right-hand side of the page, and that will take you to my Newsweek Expert Forum profile where you can scroll down and find the two articles. They will support this podcast. So I would like to begin by just touching upon the costs and the consequences of having a bad manager working for you. Bad managers decrease employee engagement and hopefully you are at the level where you understand the significance of employee engagement at your workplace, because I'm not really diving into that. I'm, I'm basing this that you are seasoned enough, you have enough, enough business acumen that you understand that employee engagement is extremely important and extremely significant. So it can decrease, without question, employee engagement. And here's the thing, engaged employees are both more productive and they most frequently or they are less likely to leave the company for a different job because they are engaged. Now, 
decreased employee engagement leads to a higher turnover cost at a cost, so high tur higher turnover at a cost of about one and a half times the employee's annual salary in terms of replacement costs and lost productivity. That's an average estimate. That bad managers lead to lower morale and lower efficiencies. And the research, so it's very interesting. If you go to PubMed, P-U-B-M-E-D Central, you can research toxic work environments and, and other key terms. And the research shows that the stress of having a bad manager can even ultimately, believe it or not, lead to death. So there is research. There's, it's, a, it's a very interesting body of research. And clearly, having a bad manager can not only lead to employees leaving the co company, it can lead to lost customers and lost sales. So there's that. But guess what? We're, we are going to pile on because a bad manager can literally create by themselves as one person a toxic work environment, which is very problematic in terms of your business and with your employees. And the and that actually, having a bad manager who creates a to toxic work environment or a hostile work environment leaves you open to lawsuits and it leaves you liable. Like you have liability if you're employing a bad manager. Now the other thing is that poor managers are contagious, not for the right things though. I did a podcast called It's Contagious and that will give you a broader idea about the contagiousness of positive and negative things, but bad managers are contagious for all the wrong things. Now, the other thing to understand is that a bad manager in and of themselves will, without question, cause some of your best and brightest employees to leave the company which then sometimes causes the ripple effect of giving other employees the courage or the bravery to jump ship as well. And this happens even when you, your best and your brightest love their job. And even when your best and brightest are doing extraordinarily well with the company, and if they're in sales and they love their customers, they will still leave because of a bad manager because guess what? The best and the brightest are simply not going to tolerate bad treatment or poor or poor management or a poor manager. And I and I did forget to say at the, at the outset of this podcast because it wasn't in my cliff notes. Oh, I have plenty of experience with one or two, well, two I can think of bad managers one of whom was sexually harassing me and then later threatened me physically in the car when we were traveling together. And interestingly enough, after the blow up of, of this erratic and volatile behavior by my manager, I found out from one of the executives at the company or a senior manager that they had exploded in the office in full view of all the employees that HR had to be called and intervene with. And another female employee had reported my manager for sexual harassment in exactly the same terms 
that I used and was experiencing six months before the incident. So this is something that happens and companies and leaders or senior level executives aren't always equipped on how to deal with that. So you don't want your best workers to leave the company. You don't want to lose money because of a bad manager, but it's the one thing that many people kind of get stuck or stalled in. They just, you know, and so from my perspective, one of the reasons people are not dealing with their bad manager is they don't understand the totality of the costs, of the liability, and of all the little pieces that come into play when you have a bad manager. So this is where we're going to go. So what is up with a bad manager? Let's start with that. Well, first of all, there are many things that can contribute to uh, an individual being a, a bad manager. One of them is lack of self-awareness, and I think that goes without saying. Many bad managers think they're self-aware, but their behavior indicates that they lack self-awareness. Number two, low emotional abilities or perhaps low emotional intelligence. Three, extremely irrational thinking is very likely. It's very likely that they have a cognitive distortion and cognitive distortions come in many forms. One of them is, is I'm always right. Another one is all or nothing or black or white thinking, minimization, leaps in logic, jumping to conclusions, emotional reasoners. There are many, many forms of irrational thinking and that may be at play. Low self-esteem, very likely, even if the manager, the bad manager comes across as very self-confident or self-assured or they think that they're all that, they may definitely have low self-esteem. Envy, jealousy, resentment are some of the other things that can be lead people to be poor managers. And this can be very stealth or very hard to pick up on. It may be very subtle. But because some people who literally get filled with the green-eyed monster are very adept at kind of keeping it under wraps. Being a perfectionist could be another reason for a bad manager, and you have to watch for that because this day and age, people have become a little hip to the fact that it's not good to be a perfectionist, so some people who are perfectionists are getting a little better at kind of masking that or hiding that. Um, sometimes a bad manager is a result of the fact that they are a narcissist, a psychopath, a sociopath, or they have a one or of a specific mental health disorders. Not all mental health disorders will make someone a bad manager or would contribute to someone being a bad manager. At the same time, if you have a narcissist, psychopath, sociopath, they that could be the reason they're a bad manager. And at the same time, there are some psychopaths or people of, of that like who come across as being very good managers and are very successful unless you cross them. The next one I have is shallow inside. We don't really typically talk about people being shallow inside, and I, I might even have to do a podcast about that. But people who are shallow on the inside really are lacking substance internally, frequently because they have had traumas they haven't dealt with, and they compare themselves to others, and they do 
more to have themselves look good. It's about looking good on the outside and they're really disconnected to their internal operations or how they are wired. So that could be another reason. These are the people who try to keep up with the Joneses and etc. Lies, projection, denial, blame. These can be telltale signs because these are behaviors that a good manager typically does not engage in. A great manager certainly doesn't engage in them. But here's the thing. There are many different factors that can contribute to someone being a bad manager. These are just the top ones that come to mind easily. But there's something very important about the mix of this, which is, in my expert opinion, some of the underpinnings of a bad manager are pointing to the fact that the bad manager is emotionally and mentally unfit. There is something off about a bad manager's emotional or mental fitness. And if you think about it logically, if you have a top, top performing sales rep, loves their job, loves their customers, is producing extraordinary results, and they get a new manager who wants them to leave, what does that tell you? That tells you there's something wrong with that manager. I mean, this is what companies want. You want to have employees who love their job, love their customers or whatever they're doing, and produce high volume results. So when you have a manager who's going to get rid of that type of employee, there's something wrong with that manager. So this points to a question about their mental and emotional fitness. Now, some people who are emotionally and mentally unfit may, operative word is may, may also be unstable and may also come unhinged when confronted. So this is a topic, bad managers, which you could also substitute bad employees because some of the same will apply only, you know, not at the same level, is to be dealt with with caution. This is something that, in my opinion, you would do well to bring complete due diligence to. Of course, I certainly hope that you're going to look at the costs and go, wow, this is a very expensive problem. I never realized all the, the ways that this costs us money. All right, so why do businesses and organizations tolerate bad managers? Isn't that the question? I think it's a great question. And there are several different reasons why a company or organization more or less puts up with a bad manager instead of getting in and dealing with the problem. So number one, not number one, but one of the big issues, in my opinion, is that Companies and organizations on average spend an extraordinary amount of time and money investing in hiring the right person. They do. And more than not, like 80% of the time, they get it wrong. So they've hired the wrong person, which is not necessarily their fault. And that would fall under cognitive dissonance. When you have cognitive dissonance going on, it's like a blind spot that you don't, you can't see or you don't want to see. You don't want to believe that you made the wrong choice because look at how much time you put into it. 
Look at how much effort you put into it. Look at all the things that you did to pick the right person and you didn't. So number one that could be going on or is a possible reason is cognitive dissonance. Then we have denial, which is not far off from cognitive dissonance, but it's a little different. Avoiding confrontation, that's a common one. The path of least resistance or inertia. It's also very common that people sometimes just want to put their head in the sand and, and not deal with an issue. Fears. Sometimes it comes down to the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. Sometimes it's a concern of retaliation or other fears or worrying. And sometimes the reason a company or organization doesn't deal with a bad manager is because they have minimized the hard dollar costs of having a bad manager. If you sit down and lay out all of the costs, it is extraordinary. And that will help you move out of minimizing that it's really not so bad. Lying to yourself. We all lie to ourselves. I mean, that's just part of being human. Or the belief that somehow it will get better or they're really not that bad. Um, it's overwhelming. So sometimes having a bad manager is overwhelming. And the idea of replacing them is too much for you or too much for the organization, which hopefully later in this podcast, I'll give you some ideas that could be helpful. And the other area that sometimes thwarts replacing or dealing, dealing with a bad manager is that you've already invested financially and in time and you hate to throw away your investment. So those are the top things that stall a business or organization from actually sitting down and digging in and dealing with the bad manager. So before I give you some ideas about handling a bad manager, I want to give a little quick peek at what makes a good manager, because I think in the contrast, it's important. So there are many things that make a good or really great manager, one of them being emotional intelligence. That's probably top of the list. Rational thinking and standalone self-esteem are also big facilitators for leadership. But I want to introduce you to uh, some research, if you're not familiar with it, which is the uh, Google did a research project in 2008. Now this was within their own company and they called the research project Project Oxygen. What they were looking at is what makes a good manager really great at Google. So this was within an internal research project and they determined that there were eight behaviors, eight oxygen behaviors at Google that made a manager really great. Then later, subsequently, subsequent to 2008, they went back and revisited the project and updated it. So now they have uh, added two additional behaviors and modified some of the previous ones. So here are the 10 behaviors according to Project Oxygen from Google within this again is internal to their organization but I think it's it's helpful and pretty pretty applicable to all businesses. Uh, number one is a good coach. Number two empowers the team and does not micromanage. Three creates and an inclusive team environment showing for concern for success and well-being. Number four is productive and results-oriented. 
number five is a good listener and good communicator shares and listens shares information and listens number six supports career development and discusses performance number seven has a clear vision and strategy for the team number eight has key technical skills to help advise the team number nine collaborates across the company and number 10 is a strong decision maker so that gives you some ideas from the Google research oxygen research project but from another perspective this is from my friends at Gallup <laughs> I know I have to actually make friends with them I'm not friends with people at Google they're just on my someday list maybe next year I'll get to that but this is they have a new book called culture shock which I think seems very very worthwhile and their culture shock book is looking at workplace environments post pandemic yes post pandemic so according to the new Culture Shock book from Gallup, 80% of employees who say that they received meaningful feedback in the past week are fully engaged, regardless of how many days they worked in the office versus remotely. Hmm. 80% of employees will say they're engaged if they receive meaningful feedback. So it seems to me that the Gallup book, Gallup's new book, Culture Shock, might be a great read for you. It's not on my list, but it sounds very promising. I haven't read it, but it's very promising. Now, this next piece is if you work for a bad manager. First of all, you have my condolences, you have my sympathy, been there, done that. I know it's painful and it's not a good thing. So if you are currently working for a bad manager, and this could apply for future reference, uh, number one, you might in some instances be able to ask for a transfer if your job or your environment or your position or your company is set up for that. In many cases, that's not an option. It's just not an option but it could be an option depending on your circumstances. Number two, you can look around and get a new job. There are many things you can do on top of that. I mean, you could complain to human resources. You could do that. You could try to get people to gang up on the bad manager to get them fired. You can do, you can do it however you want. Now, personally, I am not suggesting that you try to get someone fired. I am not a fan of that. I'm not, I don't think that's good karma. And, you know, I, I don't think it's the best idea. At the same time, I was the person to call corporate HR when there was this ginormous, toxic, really horrible thing going on between one manager bullying another one back in the day. And it was the right thing to do, although it disturbed me that I was the one who had to do it. So typically, calling HR could be an option, and many times it's just kind of not, it's not effective, many times. It depends on the HR department, but more often than not, I think calling HR is not an effective move. But you can go get another job. Like, that's always an option. Now, if you have 20 years vested with your retirement, there can be other factors, but it's never good for you as a human being 
to work for a bad manager. It's just not a good thing. So weigh out your options, make a decision. I mean, I left a job that I loved and I had done an extraordinary amount of work turning my customers around. They hated the company I worked for when I started with the company. Little did I know that or I wouldn't have gone to work for them. I mean, some things are well hidden in the world. There are companies that have good external reputations, but their customers hate them. And so I had invested a lot of time and energy. I love my customers. And at the same time, my mental and emotional fitness and health are worth more than my retirement or worth more than anything. That's that's what I prize and what I, I take care of. And so for me, it was not as hard of a decision as it was for other people. So it's your choice. But be mindful that if you make a decision to continue to work for a bad manager, that can have very real impacts on your mental and emotional health, your physical health. And so if you're going to continue to work for a bad manager, it would be my strongest suggestion and recommendation that you take actions to offset that negative stress. So that's that. Now, let's assume you are the employer employing a bad manager. One of the questions that I get or that comes to mind, and this also applies to employees, but can you turn around a bad manager? Well, the answer to that from my viewpoint is it depends. It is a possibility. However, it depends. It depends mostly, almost entirely, on the willingness and the openness of a bad manager or bad employee to consider growth and development and change to save their job. So some people, if they were given a compassionate mentor who would champion them and help them grow and flourish, would jump at the chance. I mean, you might have to give them a couple days to think about it because we have people, sadly, in the world who feel alone and who feel as if no one has ever stood for them. No one has ever mentored them. No one has ever championed them. No one has ever cared for them. We have too many people in the world who feel that way. So whether you can turn around a bad manager or an employee depends on their openness and willingness as well as your commitment. I mean, do not give them lip service. If you're not committed to helping them get things turned around, then don't bother. There's nothing almost, well, there are plenty of things that are worse than lip service, but lip service is very high for being a bad thing. So it depends on how you frame it. Now, some of your least healthy bad managers would rather quit working for you and quit working for the company than deal with their issues. That is, that is, that's real. Like this, some of the least healthy people will run away screaming, quit their job, quit their marriage, quit their whatever, rather than deal with their unhealthy behavior. So, you could turn around a bad manager, but it depends. It depends. But I wouldn't even suggest it unless you are going to be all in to, to nurture them, 
to champion them and to show them the way. And that's one way to recoup or save the investment that you have on a bad manager. But they have to be open and willing and committed. And then you have to give them the tools and the resources. Now, this next section is, if it were up to me, like if this were, if I was in the position where I had a bad manager and it was within my purview, it was under my control, I'm going to give you some ideas of the things that I would flush out and, and put on the table before coming to a conclusion. So number one, my first area that I would look at, if it were me, is, is the bad manager mentally and emotionally stable? Stability is very important to me because these people, if they're unstable, can go off the rails. They can become unhinged which would then leave the rest of my employees, the workplace, possibly customers, depending on the workplace environment or the organizational environment, in danger. Because it could result in workplace violence if they were terminated. So do they have anger issues? How do they react when they're confronted about things that don't go their way? What is their history in dealing with issues and problems in their team? Or their department, you know, get very, I would, if it were me, I would get very grounded in their employment history with the organization first off to try to get a peek and try to piece together their, their mental and emotional stability. That would be where I would start because I want to make a decision that is best in preserving the company, the company operations or organization, and safety. Because safety is, is number one. You, you, kind of, you, you, if you have workplace violence at work and you didn't do your due diligence, I hate to break it to you, but you are liable. So the first thing, that's the first thing I would look at. And number two, I would consider have they committed or engaged in behaviors that were abusive in any way? Any type of bullying, emotionally bullying, uh, have they crossed the line in in any way? Have they done any criminal acts? Have they complied with the organization's SOPs, the standard operating principles or practices? Or are they willfully disregarding the standard SOPs of the organization? Like, look at that. That's a separate piece. Number three, how do the direct reports for the bad manager feel about their manager? Well, first of all, some people will be honest if they had a private one-to-one -one and they felt safe and they trusted you. And some people are not going to tell you the truth because they don't trust you. And if there's a way for you to glean that information where they feel confident and assured that it can't be traced back to them, you might have a much better opportunity to get to the truth, but drill down and understand it's not unreasonable if they don't trust you, but sort that out. The next thing, if it were me, I would look at is what critical skills or knowledge does the bad manager have that no one else in the company or organization has, if any? Is there some skill or some knowledge or some expertise that no one else in the company shares or could replicate? That's unlikely, but it's possible. I've known it to happen, but I would look at that. 
So the next piece I would look at, if it were me, is how would it impact the company or organization negatively if they left employment? Like, what would the impact be? And really kind of lay that out and sort it out. The next piece I would look at is the finances of how much the, the bad manager is costing you. Now, in some instances, it's so crystal clear, and, and sometimes this is just not a clear aspect to some businesses or organizations. And I would really look at, you know, how much is it costing you to keep them, and how much is it costing will it cost you if they leave and look at kind of both sides of the equation and in some instances it's a flat out given you know you don't have to do that but I would that would be a piece I consider the next aspect if it were me is I would consider whether alcohol drugs or addictions is in some way an underlying issue or at play. And this is something that sometimes the employees that work for the bad manager or work with the bad manager may be aware of. They may be aware of because sometimes people who are dealing with addictions or have alcohol or other problems or other addictions will you know, make telltale statements that are jarring and, and give the other coworkers information. It is, in my opinion, very important if you can find that out. And sometimes people keep it very, very hidden. But look for clues because that is an important aspect, especially when we go back to the first one, which is, are they stable? So if you suspect or you come to the decision, if it were me, that a bad manager is mentally unstable, then if it were me, I would proceed with great caution because I have this breadth of understanding of human behavior. And in my opinion, it would be foolish and possibly very dangerous to fire a bad manager or employee who is unstable or, you know, volatile without doing your due diligence to protect your environment and your employees, your customers. So if you conclude, going back to the first piece, that they are unstable, then you proceed with great caution and I'm gonna give you some suggestions. So uh, if it were me, I would seriously, very, very seriously consider and discuss with the bad manager or employee mandatory therapy and support for the bad manager or employee. Now, you might not be able to mandate therapy, but you can really exercise some, some, um, some input on that, especially if you're making it clear to this particular bad manager or employee that their behavior has to change. And you have to have straight conversations. And for all of this, by the way, I don't recommend someone does this in a vacuum. I have a podcast about difficult conversations and all of the prep work that is involved in preparing to have the best outcome for a difficult conversation. I am deeply aware, very well aware, that, that what I recommend in my Having Difficult Conversations podcast is not what most people do. I am, I'm aware of that, people. At the same time, 
it will give you by far and away the best outcome if you do the homework to prepare as I recommend in that podcast. So I'm, for me, this is, that's what I would do before I engage in any of this is really get together with another senior executive or another, um, leader peer and kind of sort it out and role play and practice and really be prepared, especially if you're dealing with a bad manager or bad employee. So, um, if it were me, I would, I would consider a series of sit downs with a bad manager or employee and firmly, but lovingly in a very kind and compassionate way, express my concerns, having prepared for that in advance, as I just suggested. Like I would role play it and and know every possible response a bad manager or bad employee could have. And I would sit down with them lovingly, very compassionately, but very firmly, let them know that we have to sort this out and come up with a strategy, which could be, them leaving the company. You want to make it clear that you stand for them and you will support them into becoming a new and better person and having a new and better life if they're willing to engage in therapy and personal growth and development or they can leave. I mean, it's, it's kind of one or the other if they're, if they're bad manager and be very supportive. Now, the least healthy, most problematic people will probably give them a few days to think about it, but will probably come back and say, I think uh, I don't want to go to therapy. I do not want personal growth resources and tools. I'm not interested in that. And if it were me, I would say, okay, I understand that's a decision. That's your choice. How can I support you in finding a new job? How about you look for a new job on your own time in the evenings or on weekends or when you're not working. And when you have an interview, you come to me and I'll get you covered privately so that you can go do the interview. And that's one way I could support you. How would that be? Oh my gosh. Well, somebody who's made a decision, they're not going to grow, change, go to therapy, learn, become a, have a better life would probably love that. And what that really serves to do is to help you de-escalate any potential bad actions in the, fu- in the future. So if you are dealing with someone who is mentally or emotionally unfit or unstable, there are two different things, but I'll lump, lump them together. It is the best thing you can possibly do is to make sure all of your actions with the bad manager or employee are de-escalating and being supportive. That will really go a long way. And I would I would tell the bad manager employee, and listen, this is a private setup. I'm asking you not to go tell everybody else that I'm going to cover you for time off for interviews and and please honor my request and, and deal with it. So that's that's some ideas. Now there will be cases where there is no question there's no question that the bad manager or employee has to be terminated. Okay, so you've arrived at that decision. So let me give you some recommendations that many companies today in 2023 are simply either unaware of or willfully disregard. 
And these suggestions are based on the research. These are based on many decades of research about how to terminate a hostile employee or what's called a hostile employee termination. And you can look that up. So how you handle firing or terminating an employee or bad manager can dramatically reduce your financial and legal liability in the future should they become unhinged and engage in workplace violence or stalking or any kind of malfeasance. It is in your best interest to reduce your liability always. Well, of course, that goes without saying. So prior to the termination of a hostile employee or a bad manager, it is suggested suggested by all the research that you change all the locks, the key cards, and access to the building, office, warehouse, or locations in advance of the termination. It is not enough for you to take their keys or their key card or the, change the access code. Plenty of people, whether you recognize it or not, have made a second key or have other ways they can access the building, in particular if it's not common knowledge that they've been terminated. So changing the locks, the access code, everything, so that there's no possible way they could have a duplicate key or get into the building or, or locations is extremely important. It's just not enough to change the access code. And of course, when you terminate someone, you have to get with your legal counsel and HR and do it in a proper way. But other employees need to know that so that they're not duped into letting someone into another location because they don't know the person has been terminated. Now, many or most of the recommendations from uh, the experts in human resources in terminating what could be a hostile termination strongly advocate for notification of law enforcement officials, local law enforcement officials, prior to the termination. I certainly think there is nothing wrong with that, and it's a very grounded and good idea, even though, of course, you're hopeful that nothing bad happens. But if you start looking at who became unhinged and went back to work and killed people, it's just not, you just can't tell from people what they will do. So the next suggestion is that you have at least two, three would be even better, of senior executives or higher level leaders to manage the termination event or meeting. And ideally, 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 it's best done at an off-site location, which may not always be possible depending upon your particular circumstances, but if it's at all possible and you can do it, that's the best environment. You will have to probably, because they don't have advance notice, make arrangements to ship them their personal belongings and things that they might have in the office or wherever wherever they are, uh, wherever they were working. But an off-site location is ideal, and definitely having uh, two or more leaders is is a good idea. Now. I do suggest, even though sometimes you might be angry that you're in this position or 
<clears throat> upset, reasonably so, and understandably so. Um, I do hope you will bring a good, resounding dose of compassion to the termination event. And, and while you're setting up for the termination of a bad employee or a bad manager, I would suggest strong, strong, strong consideration for a severance package and therapy for a year. Even though that will cost you money, it's certainly significantly less expensive than dealing with a workplace violence event or some other negative impact from firing an employee. I'm not saying that they deserve a severance package or a year of therapy or both or that plus unemployment compensation. It's not about them deserving the money. It is about you being responsible and taking every possible action to de-escalate a workplace situation that has the potential to become violent because all terminations, bad managers, bad employees, senior executives have potential for workplace violence. And if you don't know, um, about workplace violence, go look it up, start doing your due diligence. It's a very serious problem. Some, some managers who fire a bad manager or a bad employee lose their careers over how they handled it. They lose their reputation. If something bad happens, this is just something that is worth your due diligence, your care and your compassion because I am of the opinion that a bad manager is already not well. They're not, they're not okay. So you never know. And don't kid yourself. I mean, it's, it's easy to kid yourself that nothing's going to happen because you fire somebody. But the reality is, I mean, we just look, look it up, just start doing your research. So in my opinion, these are some ideas to explore, to investigate, to put on the table and consider in the vein of de-escalating. Now, you could do you could do a severance package, a year of therapy, and even allow them to file for unemployment, and they could still become unhinged. But guess what? If you do a severance package, a year of therapy, and don't fight an unemployment cl compensation claim, you are golden. I mean, you will still probably have lawsuits and blah, 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 but you have basically taken your liability down to almost zero. Like, so how you handle an employee termination manager or not is extremely important, not just for workplace safety and customer safety, you know, your reputation. I mean, it can be a, a PR night, nightmare if you end up with a workplace violence situation from a terminated employee. Now, my next subject piece of this is, okay, so one of the issues that sometimes thwarts a company or organization from dealing with a bad manager is this excuse or this notion or idea, well, I don't have anyone else. So I want to address that so you see some new possibilities. In your organization or your company or wherever you are, you do have replacement candidates 
for a bad manager position. And you probably have more candidates than you recognize. These could be your entry-level frontline workers. These could be mid-level employees or work workers. Yes, you might have to mentor and train them without question. However, if you take an entry-level employee or a mid-level worker who's been there for years and you mentor them and you train them and you support them in their upward mobility so they can become a good manager, the ripple effect for your organization or company is through the roof. Why? Because most employees are way more engaged when they see the company means it that they promote from within. Unfortunately, we have a good share of companies, I haven't done the research on this, I don't even know if the research exists, um, that give lip service to their employees. They hire someone new, oh yes, we promote from within, the employee is there three months, six months, a year, whatever, and they realize it's lip service. It's total and complete lip service. That is the most damaging thing you can do to your own organization or your own business or company. Like, it's very damaging. So you could have a young person, a middle-aged person. You could even have an old person who's never been a manager but is a very, very solid worker. And you could sit down with them and say, hey, you know, we've noticed you've been here a year. You've been here 20 years. You've been here whatever. And you are a really, really good worker. You are very dependable. You are very reliable. Is there any chance we could work together to mentor you and train you and help you move into a higher level position within our organization? Well, you know, they might say yes, they might say no, but I can guarantee you there are people who will say yes. They're in your backyard. They're already there. You can look and see. There is no excuse that you don't have replacements because you do. You just have to look inside and then provide the support to help them grow into the position. So that's, that's, that's just telling you that's the way it is. Now, I want to leave you with, with an idea on how to nip bad managers in the bud. This also applies to bad employees. And this is this is my opinion, but I am very confident. I am extremely confident this will work. And that is if you make personal growth and development the corporate or business or organizational culture and the norm, guess what? the least healthy people will not want to work for your company. No, they will not. And if you embark on implementing a personal growth and personal development program. Now, I'm not talking about a corporate wellness program. They have their place. They have value. I'm not belittling, demeaning, or diminishing the value of a corporate wellness program, but I am talking something that's very, about something that's very different, very different than your typical standard corporate wellness program. But when you uh, embrace and, and, and adopt the idea that our company or organization 
our culture is going to be and is now one of personal growth and personal development and you mean it and you make it so some of your least healthy employees will become so uncomfortable they will leave in and of themselves by themselves they won't need you to ask them to leave they will simply become too uncomfortable because it's too confronting for them. So if you want the best insurance or protection against bad managers and even bad employees, then adopt a personal growth and personal development program and provide free tools for your employees and your management managers. Like it's, it could be amazing and it will change your environment. It will change the work environment. It will change the environment for customers. And even, you know, it will, it will, I promise you, prevent some people from coming to work for you. If during an interview you say to a prospective person, well, in our organization, we are diehard fans of personal growth and personal development. It's part of our culture. How do you feel about that? Well, they might give you the good answer in an interview. Oh, yeah, I would love that. But then after the interview, they're thinking, oh, my God, I don't want to go. I don't want to work there. So that's one protective action that you can take to prevent the hiring of unhealthy people. And it will, I promise you, this, you have to understand how unhealthy people operate. And that's one thing that I haven't done a podcast about, but I probably could. Uh, they operate differently than really mentally and emotionally fit people. They do operate differently. And for most of them, or many of them, they will run the other way if there's anything that's going to mess with their brokenness or the way that they're set up. So that will help you in the long haul if, if you want to avoid hiring the wrong people or, or have if you want to have the wrong people who are working for you leave. I promise you that will work. All right, so your takeaways. It's just time to recognize that a bad manager is really bad. And it's a problem that when you lay out all the costs and all the implications and all of the ripple effects, in my humble opinion, you will want to take steps to deal with that. And my last takeaway is, listen, you have an option to kind of deal with this problem. I've just given it to you on how to nip it in the bud. Go do it. And my Newsweek article on having a new playbook will give you a little uh, flavor of that. And my last, my last request is that you share this podcast on social media because it's really just time. We put bad managers to bed and help people be happier, have love and affection and happiness, and you can do that at your organization. That's it. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast episode number 123 bad managers i hope this podcast has given you some new insights and some new thoughts on the seriousness of having either a bad manager for yourself or having a bad manager in your employment 
I hope you will subscribe to my podcast so you get the new ones automatically because, of course, you would not want to miss one. And please share this podcast on social media because we do have an abundance of bad managers in the world, unfortunately. That's all I've got. I love you. Take care for now. That's it.